and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa, and thank you for joining me today. So I hope you have your tea and your snacks. Today's episode's going to be a little different, but before we get into that, there's some exciting news that I want to let you guys know about. The website is like 98% done. So you can access it. We've redirected everything there. So when you type in hauntedride.com, it comes up. The blog posts look different now. I've transferred our hosting over to a new host as well. So things actually come through a lot differently. We have a different audio player. We also, <laughs> because I I really wanted everything to be like synchronized. So I make Pinterest pictures for the podcast. So that takes some time. And we have a YouTube channel. And um... A quick thing about that is the YouTube channel, technically speaking, is actually almost up to date. I've been releasing episodes on there every single day just to try to get it up to date. It's up to episode 15 right now. As this will be episode 30, I plan on essentially taking 15 days to upload those. And that'll be around the period of time when we'll come back with a new episode too. So just as a reminder about that too, we're going to be on a a short break. After this, um, we won't have a new episode out on May 27th, or I believe it's June 3rd. Instead, we will actually repost old episodes, so the feed will still be active, and if you guys have never heard that episode, um, you can give it a shot and see how you feel about it, and if you like it. I will also be active on our various other um, profiles like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, they're all the Haunted Ride. Um, Twitter is Haunted Ride. And then we have a Facebook group, which is Haunted Pod Squad, which you can find uh, on the website, or you can find it. If you just go to Facebook and you go to like the page, you'll see where it says, oh, this page has a group. And you can just join it. And it's fun. Like I've been interacting more in there and just trying to ramp it up. So if you like the podcast and you kind of want to help me build a community and a place where I can see it and interact with you a little bit more frequently and more often, then please join that. But yeah, I've been updating everything. So when I moved the host from Anchor to our new host, Transistor, I changed all the thumbnails of all the episodes. So they're all unique. And I actually, I really love them. Um, and I love them because it took me a while to make them, (laughs) but they're basically like the same as our Pinterest pins and they will all, they're also the same images as our YouTube covers. So I did that just to keep everything a little bit more synonymous because I didn't like that. Like, oh, well, all of this is our logo and all of this is something else. And now I'm making this like, I didn't like that. So I just made it all the same. And that way, if you click on something, you know, from the title or from the image, exactly what it is. And also it looks a little bit prettier too, which makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy that's done because guys, like that took me like 65 hours. So those are some changes. Um, you can still send in your story to, you know, go to thehauntedride.com or thehauntedride at gmail.com. We've had some people send in their stories, which I really appreciate. Thank you so much. But yeah, 
so that's uh that's what we've got going on that's what i'm super excited about i hope that you guys like it and um without further ado we are going to get into our promo and then we will talk about tulpas see you soon hey guys i'm sarah and i'm stephanie and we're the hosts of dead time stories dead time stories with a z is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky, and all-around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Does it sum up 12? No! <laughs> the Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at five, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, bye. <laughs> no, 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 Stephanie. He was like, thank you, bye. <laughs> fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, 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 want, this? you want this? Come well, and get Welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed our promo. So today's episode is about tulpas. My sources are Savage Minds, Reddit, tulpa.info, and Prime Mind. Now, before I get into this, I want to preface this episode with the fact that I personally, as a psychic, a medium, a sensitive, an empath, and a pagan, do not think that you should make a tulpa. I don't think you should do it. I do not agree with it. Actually, I was writing this episode and this outline like I normally do whenever I'm doing some sort of like informational episode. I sit down and I write everything that I can find about it, the history, the facts, the things people think about, the questions I have, like what is this, what does it mean, where does it come from? How did it come into play? Like, I write down everything so that when I'm done, I feel satisfied with my curiosity. When I first started researching this and I was just sort of saving articles, um, I felt a little weird about it, but I was like, okay. And I, I just thought it was a very strange practice. When I started writing everything down, essentially, I felt very uncomfortable. Like, I just felt super uncomfortable going through and reading these stories. And I kind of got like a little tip-tip-tap on my shoulder from my spirit guide, and she was like, mm you need to be careful with how you distribute this information. So I said, yeah, I was like, I don't feel comfortable. And I said, I think I don't feel comfortable because it's my natural normal self goes into this, these topics and says, okay, well, here's all the questions I have, the what, why, when, where, and how. And I was like, I don't think I need to talk about how. I don't think we need to broach that. I think I need to broach this with caution and say that to you guys, I think the practice of this, I understand it. I understand how it can help someone. Um, but similar to how I feel about Ouija boards, or how I feel about people who buy demon books and call them out out of nowhere and think they're just names and don't think about it. People who play demon names on their podcast or say them out loud, don't think about it. Those kind of things, I'm going to lump Topla in there with a, you need to, you need to not fucking do it. That is how I'm going to begin this discussion. So Topla comes from a Tibetan word, which I'm not going to attempt to pronounce because I know I'm going to get it wrong. So we're just going to fly over that. But it means 
essentially like thought form or apparition or a magical illusion. Now, what's really funny is that this is actually not a Tibetan practice, not in the way that we sort of Westerners have um, accommodated it to our needs. There are practices where you do sort of meet in the sort of like middle ground and meeting space and you discuss things with someone or you think to someone. So this actually comes from, um, it's Western occult practitioners and sort of their version of tulpas from non-Tibetan interpreters of Tibetan Buddhist backgrounds. So in a, in a revolving circle, basically somebody said, hey, this is a really cool idea. I think that's what it means. I'm going to adopt it into what, how, how I feel it needs to be. And everybody's just like, okay, that's really cool. And you have this really awesome story. Okay, cool. I want that experience. And then that's how it got born into this world. One of the first noted people for this was Alexandra David Neal. She was born in 1868 and died in 1969. And so she talked about how she made a quote-unquote jolly monk, Tulpa. But after a while, his personality began to change. He began to get meaner, more menacing, and people actually would swear that they had seen him. They swore that they could see this person, like, walking around or things like that, and it was not a real person. Like, this was her tulpa. And so she ended up having to, like, dissolve him back into, like, her consciousness to get rid of him, and then use that whole experience to create more tulpas that hopefully wouldn't go down the same path he did. The question is really, like, what is a tulpa? And a tulpa is... It's a being who can think and feel like humans. They have their own personalities and their own bodies, but they're not, they're not physical. Like, they're not actually in, like, they're not corporeal where we can go out and we can touch them, we can squeeze them, we can hug them. We can feel them in, like, an energetic sort of sense or a spiritual sense, but not in that sort of physical sense. People who work with tulpas or create them are known as tulpomancers. They do this by a couple different forms. One is called active forcing, which is spending a time with this being, doing all these things with this being. And one is more passive, where they kind of nurture this being instead. Like, they read to it, they narrate things to it, like little things like that. They meet tulpas in what is kind of known as a wonderland, which is basically just like an environment to chit-chat in. Now... On Reddit, there is actually a story, because there's a huge community about this all over the internet. Like, I was blown away when I started doing the research, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I I thought I was just going to find little bits and pieces. I did not expect to be able to find things everywhere. And I'm talking everywhere. It's just like, what the hell? Like, I did not expect this to happen at all. So on Reddit, there was someone who said, like, when she was basically trying to make her tulpa in this, like, wonderland, she didn't realize that she was in a very depressive state. She said when she was in the wonderland, basically attempting, like, make her tulpa, she had to fight monsters. Like, she would, she said, and I quote, other things would quote unquote creep in. Let me just pause here. (laughs) Let me just, let me just hit pause. You are wishing a being into fruition and the place that you're going to do this is a place where other beings that you have not wished 
are able to come in and attempt to prevent you or harm you from wishing your tulpa into fruition. That does not sound like anything safe to me. And it doesn't sound like something that, like, on Phil Sam's, when I was, when I was speaking with him, and we were talking about witchcraft, I said to him, I said, I think, and I would have never, I would have never made this, like, kind of connection. But I think that perhaps the reason why not everyone can accept magic, or Wicca, or be a witch, or be a pagan, or be a druid, or basically just be a magic practitioner, is because they're not meant to be. If all 8 billion people on the planet were magic practitioners, think, think about serial killers. Like, let's just break this down for a second. Think if you gave them the, if you told them, you have the ability to tap into magic. You have the ability to do all these things, create these spells, and manipulate other people without ever touching them. Let's just leave that for a second. Think about how dangerous that is. That's why you should never just go into practicing magic without any knowledge, without ever looking at anything, without ever really, like, investing time and, like, being dedicated to, to this craft and being dedicated to your own magic. So, to me, sitting there and just going, oh, yeah, I'm going to create this thing and that's okay and I don't need any guidance. I can just do it myself. Yes, I do think that's, that's great as far as, like, the, the fact that you are willing to open yourself up to a new experience. You're willing to expand your own magic and you're willing to sort of believe in this, like, paranormal, like, paradox. But you have to be careful. I cannot stress that enough. Like, you have to be careful. And in these stories and the things that I read, like, these people are just like, oh, you know, hi, I created my thing today. Like, here's an FAQ on, like, how to manage it and what to do and what not to do. And that's great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's great. And I'm not putting down the practice of, like, doing this. If it helps you, like, that's, on, that's up to you. And in your own way, yeah, you are discovering your own magic. But, like, it's just dangerous when you, when you don't know what you're doing, when you don't know what you're creating. I mean, these beings are almost like the same sort of focus and energy that you would put into a spell or a ritual. If you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're being dangerous, not only to others, but mostly to yourself. So it just sort of really like blows me away how okay this practice seems to be. And perhaps like I'm making a big deal out of it, but I really don't feel that way. I feel like there needs to be a big deal being made out of it if you're going to take this information and, like, in this, in this form, send it out to you guys. I do think there needs to always be, like, that cautionary thing. Like, that's why there's some people who they'll talk to me about stuff and I'm like, I don't know if you really want to do that. Like, you might want to watch that. How much time have you put into this? How much research have you put into this? How do you feel about this? Like, truly. Are you just being desperate? And you, in your desperation, you're making this quick decision? Or do you really think this can help you? Because if you really think it can help you, I will try to tell you all the cautionary things that I can. But at the end of the day, it's your decision and I wish you the best of luck. But if you're just being desperate, don't do it. Don't do it. And a lot of the stories I read, like, that's, they just were like, oh, this is a really awesome fad. I don't believe it really works. Let me try. They got what they wanted and they were like, okay, well, what do I do with this thing now? And now they were stuck. And also, actually, really quick to continue down this path, um, 
This is also why you shouldn't meditate when you are stressed out or depressed. You should never meditate with the intention to fix your negativity. Don't meditate with like the practice of like, I want to release all negativity and I just want to get it out of my system and because I'm tired of it and like blah, 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 blah. And like that frustration, like your emotional state is very important in your meditative and your spiritual states because you will get a, a much more wholesome um, meditative session once you feel a little calmer, once you feel a little bit more relaxed and more able to accept whatever it is that happens in that meditative state. Total answers, getting back to this after I'm done with my rant, for now anyway. Um, they also work on strengthening their ability to be able to hear, feel, and basically interact with their tulpas in the real world instead of just in like the Wonderland place. And basically, like when they're away from the Wonderland place, like apparently their tulpa is just living its life there. Which is, I'm sorry, that's also kind of really sad. This is super sad. I just, I don't understand this whole thing. I don't understand why it's kind of like thought of as like a fad. Like I, like that, that particular word came up a lot in a lot of the articles I read. And, um, that kind of hurt because there's just like, okay, like no matter what you're breathing this thing, like you're giving this thing life. And then you, it's almost like, because it's popular too, not because you really want to invest like the time and the structure and the energy into this thing. So Tobomancers, for the most part, they use their tulpas as friends or companions. With practice, tulpas are able to take over their host body, but they need consent to do so. I did read a story about a person who said she was really concerned about her tulpa because her tulpa kept requesting to take over her body more often, and it was being very suddenly like very malicious, very angry, and very mad all the time. So some people actually see the creation of these beings as psychological, and others see it as like more magical kind of a cult. Like I sort of see it like a tie in between the two. And to get a little bit more into that, there's a lot of questions about, okay, so like, let's say like, if this is real, how do I explain to my psychologist that, hey, yeah, I've got a tulpa friend now. And like, this is what it does. And like, this is what it looks like, and so on and so forth, without your psychologist basically thinking you have a disorder. Psychologists will normally see the creation of tulpas and the kind of association with them as having a dissociative disorder or a multiple personality disorder. However, something that's really important when it comes to psychology is if you're going to see a psychologist and you have a disorder, that means it's taking over your life. So I would say that like as long as it's not taking over your life, then they won't look at it that way. But there's a very big fear it seems like with people that they, they fear like, okay, this is what they're going to think of and this is how they're going to feel about it. And they're kind of going to label me as crazy. One person who asked this question on Reddit, they asked it because they want to get a gun. And they live in a state where if you want to get a gun, you have to go see a psychologist. And they were like, okay, well, what do I tell my psychologist? And so basically people were like, don't tell them shit. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, it just seems like such a dangerous path to go down. It really does. So some of the precautions of tulpas and the creation of them is um, you need to realize they're going to be around all the time. They just really have you to talk to. So they're only really going to be around you. Um, so you might get tired of hearing someone trying to talk to you all the time. 
Apparently, it's common that a person's swivel will wake them up to talk or chat or hang out. Some people create tulpas in the hopes that they can have a physical touch with them. Um, but others say that there's actually no physicality with your tulpa at all. Like, there's no physical touch, no nothing. So you have to understand, like, it's really, it honestly really just seems like your imaginary friend that has just grown with you and has its own personality and is now, like, a real thing to you. But no one can ever see this thing, apparently. Yet, in the earlier story, she said people could see her tulpa. Um, they're not smarter or wiser than you. Um, they really work with you, with your brain power and with your intelligence level. So it's more like a sharing of the brain at that point. Instead of learning something new, you don't really do that. And so actually, this, like the creation of the tulpa, especially for some people, will create six or seven tulpas at one time. And it becomes overwhelming and they become a little obsessive about it and they can't deal with it. And so then they do have to go to a psychologist and then they will be told that they have either a multiple personality disorder or disassociative disorder. Because at that point, like, it's an obsession. It's impacting your life. Um, if you decide that you don't want to be around your tulpa anymore, it's not easy to get rid of them. You made them. So they exist to be with you. And um, they're not really going to disappear. It takes a long time. So the same amount of time and energy it took you to put into it, you might want to quadruple that, and that's how much it's going to take you to take it out. They can actually hurt you. So not physically, but they can cause a mental drain on you. They can um, distract you, like if you're driving or doing something like that. And it's literally a relationship. So let me let me explain why this topic really interested me so much. When I was a kid, I used to, you know, we would get those chain letters in the mail, um, in email. And I hated when anyone would send those. And I knew, like, I knew the general synopsis was like, oh, no, no, it's a fake thing. Like, you don't need to be worried about it. No one's ever going to hurt you. Like, this is never going to happen. But in my mind, like, I was like, humans are powerful. Like, if we actually, like, use our potential, we are powerful. We have a lot of power. And that means that somewhere out there, I'm sure there's someone who could get this chain letter and give it so much energy that it becomes true. And then, like, then you are creating this energetic being who operates on these rules. And so that was always my concern. Always my concern with chain letters, things like that. I always thought it was just ridiculous. I thought it was horrible that people, that anyone would even send that to someone. And, like, especially those, like, really dangerous ones. And threaten them. And then, like, you know, you send it on because you're scared. I mean, that right there is energy. So to me, I was just like, no, 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 I hate them. And um, I'm sure somebody if with enough power could wish this into fruition. So I had always just thought that. I had always thought that like your thoughts and what you really want and wish for deeply in inside of yourself can become very real. They can manifest into something else 
if you give it enough power. And so I've just sort of always been really weary about that. Now, the first time I heard about a tulpa was due to a Twitter post by Mysterious Planet. They mentioned something about a tulpa, and I was like, oh, this is a weird thing. And I read it, and I was like, oh! I was like, that was the thing I was always scared of, that somebody could just, like, think whatever, and boom, it pops into into the universe, and suddenly it's real. Like, oh my god, like, this is really, really bad. Like, oh shit, like, this is bad. So, immediately, I was like, I, ha- I have to, I have to find out everything I can about this. <laughs> Mostly just to make myself feel better, to see, like, if, if this is really what, if this is really the term for what I always thought could happen. Apparently it is. M- but more so on a human form. And so... As I was going through and I was reading everything, I was just like, this must be very confusing for people. Like, let's say you sit sit down and um, you're just chilling out and then you hear like a magical voice pop up in your head and you're like, what the fuck is this? Who are you? Like, what's going on? And you feel like you're not alone anymore. And I think like the first thought most people typically have is like, I'm crazy. I'm imagining this. Then it happens again, and they're like, okay, no, I'm really crazy. Then it happens again, and they're like, what is this? Then it happens again, and they're like, oh, wait, like, maybe it's paranormal or something, and start researching it. And now, now this is a regular occurrence, and they've accepted it. And they start interacting with this thing. And they start trusting this thing. Where and how does a person look at this and go, this is a tulpa? Versus this is a spirit guide. That was where my... that That was where my biggest amount of concern came from because I talk to my spirit guide all the time. Okay, there's there's one similarity. Two, I'm the only one that I know of anyway that can see her. I mean, I don't know of anyone else who can see her. I do know sometimes people will be like, you seem different. And I'll be like, hmm, sounds about right. And I'll be because like I'm channeling a little bit more of her this day or channeling. Um, I had a male spirit guide come by for a couple weeks. No, no, not a couple weeks, sorry, a couple days. So my energy was way more masculine than it typically is. So people would be like, oh, you seem, you seem really different. And I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds right to me. <laughs> so because I knew, I knew what was going on. But that doesn't mean that they can see my spirit guide. So similarity number two. Then let's say that you are unable to see your spirit guide. You meditate. And suddenly... You can see them. You, you see yourself walking through this beautiful field. And you can see them. You can speak with them. And you can talk with them. Similarly, number three. Sometimes the only way for people to be able to see their spirit guide is to astral project, meditate, things like that in order to see them. So, like, for me, it's like, okay. So I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this. And people can accidentally create a tulpa. It's, it's, they can very accidentally do it. So, like, how... If you are going through these things and you have no idea, you've never researched, you've no idea what you're doing, how do you know one from the other? Like, in all honesty. Because my spirit guide can take over my body. She does it sometimes. There will be times where I'm exhausted. Like, I'm so tired and I have to go through something. And I, and I get to this, like, weird sort of level. And then I will very clearly hear, you rest now. I'll I'll take care of you or I'll take over for you or something like that. And then I can hear, I can see, I don't, typically I don't lose any memory really of what's going on. Every so often I will, 
depending on how extremely exhausted I was, every so often, like, I'll lose, like, a little bit of, like, memory. And then I'll come back. And I feel so rested. I feel like I've been sleeping for, like, 10 years. You know, for me, yeah, that's my spirit guide. But I know, like, and I also, like, feel that. Like, I also know that this being is much wiser than I am. She knows much more. She has, like, a collection of knowledge and lifespans and things like that that I just don't have. And a collection of abilities that I know are not actually my own. I know that she allows them to be part of me. And that perhaps in, like, the grander scale of things, maybe they are. But they're just not mine right now. Like, they're not, like, my own thing. So I have no question trying to figure out if I have a spirit guide or did I somehow magically create some being. I didn't magically create shit. I have a spirit guide. Like, I I know that. There's no question about it. But I just, like, worry, like, if somebody just, like, randomly created this thing, like, how do they know? Or if they're, like, trying to get into their spiritual practice, how do they know the difference between a spiritual guide and a tolba? So, to share, I would say that, um, you know, if you feel like something's outside of you, it can still feel like a part of you, but almost like its own separate entity and it's completely outside of you. I don't know if that's how tolpas feel to people, but that's how a spirit guide feels. A spirit guide feels like you can almost reach out and be like, hey, especially if they're super powerful. You'd be like, hey, how you doing? Like, you might see them, like, randomly floating about almost like a ghost, but they're, but they're like, tied and tethered to you. And they're just there to help you. I would also say that, like, they have their, they very clearly have their own life. Like, you had nothing to do with their creations or life. They have their own life. They have their own thing that they do. They have essentially really, like, you have no ego in the whole thing. Like, you're learning from them. It's a learning experience and you're learning from them. You're being guided by them. It feels like that. Like, it feels like a coaching thing and, like, you're being guided. And, like, someone's just, like, sort of walking beside you in life and taking you by the hand and saying, hey, maybe avoid this path for right now and try this one instead. You have more to learn here than you do here. And it's just, like, a companion who's walking with you through life to help you help teach you something instead of a companion who's walking through life to keep you company. So... I think that's where, like, it was really important for me to, like, do this episode because, one, like, it really brought into that whole, like, hey, when I was a kid, I really thought this whole chain letter thing and someone could wish stuff into into being reality. And, two, like, how do I describe to you guys a practice in where you could almost believe, like, yeah, this thing is your spirit guide and it might not be. And then also, I don't know, I think it's just really important to, like, Fully research what you're doing before you get into it, into anything. Like, I can't trust that enough. And I think, like, the last thing, and perhaps maybe one of the more important things about this whole episode, is just how much power there is in belief. There's so much power there. And you've got to know that and believe in that. Like, what you believe you are and how you believe you are. And that that affects you not only where you're going to go in life, but I guess who you're going to take with you. So just, you know, be careful with those things. And um, take care of yourself, especially with your beliefs and your thoughts, and understand that, I think we kind of touched on this in last week's episode too, what you think you deserve is what you're going to get. Because you're not going to be open to anything better than that yet. You might wish for it, you're not you're not going to be willing to accept it into your life if you get it. So that's all I have to say to you guys. I hope you liked the episode. 
The thing that I learned this week, I think the thing I learned this week is just sometimes you can sit back, you can ask yourself 20 million times, like, why is this going on? Why is this happening? Where is this coming from? Why am I in this situation? Why am I with this person? Why does this person treat me this way? And I think you have to, um, part of my spiritual growth is that a lot of the things that have held me back in life, as far as like emotionally and mentally, like I've got a lot, I've got a lot of battle scars, I think is the best way for me to say it. And it's hard, not necessary to let that go. But I think there's a difference between like, I think when we think of let of letting something go, we're saying this thing doesn't bother us anymore. And I don't think that that's really what that means. I think sometimes you let something go where, yeah, for years it may not bother you. But then something will hit you hard. And I'll be so close to that that it'll make you think about that for a second. There's this inner part of you that is now tied into this that wouldn't have been if you've never had that situation before. I think what I'm trying to say is letting something go and moving on and over something are two very different things. I've learned there there are a lot of things I let go, but they are still with me. And that is not a weakness. One of the things that I learned is that I always had a really hard time with friendships. I always felt like the people that I let in my life, I let in my life because they, they said they cared about me. And I, I love people. As human beings, I love people. I don't think that means that we're good people. I just love, I love things that carry energy. Because I think like that's how we should feel about anything that carries energy. Like we should, there should be a respect there. There should be a love there. There should be a care there and a sincerity there. And I have no problem showing that and feeling that towards someone. So when someone seemed to reciprocate that back to me, I felt so lucky. And like, it was like one of the, like the only times in my life I felt worthy really was because it was like, oh my God, somebody wants to be my friend. Like I'm really weary when somebody wants to be my friend or, oh, this person like really wants to be with me. Like that's so sweet. And, and like, I should feel lucky, but that wasn't fulfilling anything to me. And at that time, that wasn't what was important to me. What was important to me was that this person cared about me and I cared about this person. And so we were, we were going to build this beautiful foundation and relationship on that. And as most of you can probably tell, that relationship didn't last very long. Now, I had, a, I had someone who was my best friend for almost 11 years. I love that girl. I, to this day, I still have love for her. I do. But I know that we're not compatible with one another. And I know that if I had been stronger, I would have realized that before. And so there's kind of like that, um, this almost like guilt. Like, you spent 11 years pouring energy into this person. Why? If you would have been smarter, if you would have had more self-worth, if you would have... There's where those, like, questions come in. That's where I've let go of... We're not friends anymore. This was not a good friendship for me. This was not like what should have happened. Like this should have not occurred. But there's still some sort of feeling there. There's still like, even though I don't hold any guilt really for myself anymore, there's still something there that says, um, when you embark on a new friendship with someone, make sure that you have learned something from these lessons. And that's good. I don't think that's bad. But it also means you haven't moved on from that. 
not really. Because that is still impacting you somehow. If you would have moved on from it, then you wouldn't have those concerns. You wouldn't be trying to learn from that experience still to this day. But here's where I think that's okay. Because I had to stop and I had to say, you know what? There is no guilt. There's no guilt for spending 11 years with this person. Or talking to this person for 11 years. Or dedicating so much of my time and my energy to this person for 11 years. Because you know what? At the end of the day, we both had something to learn from one another. And because of this relationship, I learned these things. I learned that I have a weakness when it comes to this. And I need to look, I need to stop thinking about it as a weakness and turn it into a strength. My compassion is not a weakness. It's a strength. My sympathy and my, my sincerity are not weaknesses. They are strengths. I just have to take the experience that happened and understand that not everyone looks at things like that that way. And so I have to I have to use it to protect myself. Does that make sense? Like, it's just that you need to give yourself some fucking credit. You know what I mean? Like, just give yourself some fucking credit. And these things that have happened to you in your life, they, they can be horrible and they can be difficult and you can have those battle scars. But it doesn't mean that you are weak or a failure or non-successful or any of those things or that you should be guilty or that you feel like you should you have brought this onto yourself like that's not what it means at all all it means is this was an experience and it happened so that you would learn something now what did you learn and with that last thought i'm gonna let you guys go um you know remember to rate and review the show if you can subscribe um that is amazing i know we got a facebook review and I can't find how to look at it anymore. But I, I do know that we got one. And I like posted it everywhere. Because like, oh my god, somebody wrote us like this beautiful review. I feel so special. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And um, yeah, so we got that. And that felt really great. So even if like you are like on Facebook, like you can leave reviews on Facebook. You can leave reviews on Stitcher too. And I'm not just talking about like for my podcast. Do it for anybody that you like. You know, like that's where easiest way to know that you're there and it puts a huge smile on anybody's face when they read it like it really does so that's all i have for you guys today take care be safe uh love yourselves and love others and have a good day or a beautiful beautiful night and as we always say don't let the ghost get you bye mm-hmm.